You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Lovecast. Just want to start this week's show with a little shout out to all the kids in West Bend, Wisconsin, who've been fighting to bring a gay-straight student alliance to their schools, East and West Highs, which apparently are in one building, but they're two high schools or something or other. Uh, and they had a big meeting with the school board, and there was a big public vote on whether or not after 12 years of the gay-straight student alliance being an unofficial club at the school, whether it could become an official club. And the students had all their ducks in a row. Quoting from the news story written about it, according to the district's criteria for school-sponsored clubs, clubs must have a curricular tie, national or state affiliation, student appeal, and a volunteer advisor. In the West Bend East and West High's GSA application for school sponsorship, its purpose is listed as combating bullying and harassment and providing an emotionally and physically healing learning environment for people of all genders and sexual orientations. And for curriculum connection, the group listed six different courses at their school in which homosexual issues are discussed and studied. The haters in West Bend spun this as a student sex club meeting at the school, and the school board voted 3-3 three to three to block recognition. It was a tie, and so they blocked recognition. And the president of the school board, who voted against recognizing the GSA, Randy Marquette, said that the GSA was a way for the gays to recruit in the schools, which is, you know, not how homosexuality works, but Randy Marquette really doesn't know how anything works. He is a creationist who believes that Adam and Eve rode dinosaurs out of the Garden of Eden when God cast them out for eating the apple. Anyway, this is bullshit. Never once in the history of the West Bend School Board has an application for a student organization been rejected. Not once until now. The school board even rejected the GSA's application knowing that they were going to get their asses sued. And they are. And, of course, they made my favorite argument against recognizing gay-straight student alliances or allowing girls to go to proms with their girlfriends or allowing gay guys to run for prom king, that this would be a distraction. We know how to make distractions happen. We can show them that banning the GSA is going to be a much bigger distraction than allowing the GSA. So I want to share with you just Randy Marquette's email address. Please write this down. R-M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T at west-bend.k12.wi.us. Or if you prefer to make a little phone call, You can reach Randy Marquette at 262-306-2601. You might want to explain evolution to him. He says we have no way of knowing exactly how old the Earth is. No no proof. Someone might want to explain. While you're explaining uh, what makes kids gay and it's not recruiting or GSAs, someone want to explain carbon dating to this douchebag who's running the schools in West Bend. Be respectful in your emails. Be polite. Come to the defense of the kids, the queer kids at West Bend and their straight allies who now need our support. And uh, we're going to give it to them by giving it to Randy Marquette. Your call's after this.
This episode is brought to you by Netflix. Watch thousands of TV episodes and movies streamed to your PC, Mac, or TV instantly. Plus, get DVDs by mail in about one business day. For a free 30-day trial, go to netflix.com slash savage. This episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item, plus three adult DVDs, plus an extra gift, plus free shipping, visit adamandeve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hi, Dan. My name is Sean. I'm a longtime reader, occasional listener. Um, I have a marriage question for you. I'm 28. I've been married to a woman of 25 for three years. And uh, we're in the process of a separation that uh, I don't agree with, so I did provoke. Um, Basically, the issue, the rockiness in our marriage, uh, partly having to do with a lot of my drinking, my neglect, has in turn responded her to uh, have lots of neglect for herself. And uh, finally, by the time I cut it off, I really hit bottom. Um, the, The day after we separated, I was basically blacking out left and right, I brought a girl home, and uh, it didn't work out, but, uh, you know, I crossed the line there. And uh, the next day, I, I, you know, I got on my knees and basically begged for her forgiveness. Um, I, I promised her change, which are promises I'd broken before um, with, with substance abuse. But now the, the issue that we're in is where she won't even talk to me. I've uh, stayed away from alcohol a little more than two weeks now, which is the longest in about six years. Um, there's there's a lot of issues that I haven't been mature about that I guess I've justified drinking over or blending her for. And the longer I stay away from alcohol, the the more I'm seeing that uh, you know what I've been responsible for in this relationship. But there's also been some things that she's been responsible for in this relationship that have kind of you know, caused it to go downhill, and it's only been three years, and I, I, I'm, I'm trying to keep that optimistic perspective. So I, I want to win my wife back is, is what I want. I, I want to have children with this woman one day. That's why I married her. She's the most amazing person I've ever met, and now because of how badly I fucked things up, I can't even get her to just sit down and talk to me to consider the possibility that this marriage even though so young, is still so savable. Though, I mean, on the other end, end of it, three years to be in a horrible marriage with an abusive husband that is closed off and selfish and abusing alcohol is also three years too much. You know, I get a lot of calls like this where people have really screwed the pooch. Like that pooch has anal fissures you could park a Fiat in. And they want to know how to just make it all better. What could they can say? What they can do to reestablish the to, to unfuck the pooch that they fucked so thoroughly. And sometimes you got to recognize that you really can't unfuck the pooch. There are things you can't undo, things you can't unsay. And in three years of marriage, you managed to pack in drinking, immaturity, cheating, emotional abuse, which is usually what that uh, blaming the other person for your faults and shortcomings and uh, errors is all about or how it's experienced by the person uh, that you're projecting your bullshit onto. All packed into three shitty ass years. And now two weeks sober, you want to talk to this woman about 
your future together and maybe making children. And what she's probably thinking is, I am so glad that I didn't scramble my DNA up with this guy at this point, that I'm not stuck with him forever as the co-parent of my children, even if not my spouse. And I'm not saying this all to you to like drive you back to drink and then you can blame me for that. I'm just saying this to you because you just don't seem, you know, at this stage in your sobriety to have accepted responsibility for how fucked that pooch is. That pooch is still on your dick. Your dick is still buried in that dog's ass. Three years of drinking, emotional abuse, cheating, immaturity. Two weeks sober is not enough time to fully withdraw your dick from that dog's ass, from the pooch that you screwed so thoroughly. You may get her back, but this is what it's going to take. You have to respect her desire right now to have nothing the fuck to do with you. You have to let her have some time away from your chaos and substance abuse and emotional abuse and cheating. Let her prove to her that you're at least mature enough not to, at this stage, insist that it all be about you and that she has to talk to you and save your marriage and blah, blah, blah. You go fucking get sober. You take six months or a year or two years and you're sober that whole fucking time and you demonstrate perhaps during the divorce process that you've moved past the person that you were, that you saw the error of your ways and that you're not going back. And then maybe a year from now, two years from now, she'll want to talk to you. Maybe. And then you can have a conversation about your future together. You know, just read a story in the New York Times today about Mitch Daniels, douchebag, asshole, motherfucker, piece of shit, Republican governor of Indiana. He and his wife, they got a divorce. Two years later, they got back together. So anything's possible in time. But what you can't do right now is snap your fingers and have somebody bet on two weeks of sobriety that you're done, uh, that you're not the person that you were anymore, that you're not the guy standing there with the dog still on his dick. Right now, you're the guy standing there with the dog on his dick. And it's going to take a lot longer than two weeks to pry that dog off your dick. Leave her alone. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm a... 24-year-old female. I'm married for five years, I guess at 19, and uh, my husband and I met when I was kind of in my experimenting phase up until about a year prior to then I identified as lesbian. And after kind of playing around, meeting with a few guys, I, I figured I was closer to buy. But as the years have gone on, it seems to be that I'm really more towards the lesbian side. And I just frankly can't get off with him anymore. And I find myself just looking longingly at women, and I just kind of don't know where to go from here. I don't want to split up our family. We have two awesome kids. We get along. We're absolutely best friends. And so how do I kind of satisfy that without splitting from my husband? Or is it not possible to have the best of both worlds? You're 24 years old. You've been married five years. You have two children. That means that you met your husband during your experimental phase when you were all of 19 years old. I'm all for experimental phases. I am not for marrying during an experimental phase and dropping out a couple of kids during an experimental phase and then realizing 
that your experiment, it's a lot, didn't work out. Because now you're in this position where you're really going to fuck some folks over. Uh, if you end this marriage and you say it's a wonderful marriage and you're best friends, but you just can't get off with your husband anymore. I wish you'd left a callback number because I would have called you back to ask you what your husband knows, which you never go into. Did he know you were lesbian identified? Did he know you were bi? Does he know any of this that you're not getting off with him anymore, that you're thinking you might actually be a lesbian again? The lesbian tide is rolling back in. I think he deserves to know. And if you want to stay in this marriage, which you say that you do because you're best friends and you're good parents together and you have lovely children and a nice home, you can negotiate a deal where certainly as a listener to this podcast, you should be aware of the existence of open relationships and polyamorous triads and accommodations and off-leash time and allowances. And your husband may be willing to agree to some sort of you get to date other chicks and maybe once you're dating other chicks you'll start getting off with him again because right now all he represents if you're in a closed relationship a monogamous relationship he sort of represents in your erotic subconscious imagination your inability to be with women and that may be blocking you sexually with him you're blocked from being with women because of him and now you're sort of your erotic subconscious is retaliating by blocking your ability to get off with him or be a good sex partner to him. So I would urge you just to throw everything on the table, to tell him how you're feeling. And hopefully he knew all of this going in. He knew that you were bi identified, that you had been lesbian identified. Toss this all out there. You know, I've, off, I've written and said, and I believe that's why I wrote and said it, that companionate marriages get short shrift in our culture. And there's something to companionate marriages where there isn't really – it's not about sex. It's about companionship, obviously, partnership, uh, you know, economic interdependence. It's about children. It's about even social status. And if it makes both people happy to be in a companionate, sexless, for the most part, marriage, then it's a fine thing. I can think of examples of people who I believe may be in companionate marriages who are in the public eye, but I promised the Secretary of State I wouldn't go into it. You may be able to negotiate a companionate marriage with your husband where you're freed from this expectation of getting off with him or getting him off and you're free to go chase ladies that excite you and so is he in a controlled way so as not to terrorize or traumatize or make your children feel insecure about their family and about its stability. Wish you'd left a callback number. Interested in what your husband knows and doesn't know. So maybe you can give us a callback and fill in the rest of the details. Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs, plus a free extra gift, plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. That's adamandeve.com and enter Savage at checkout. Hey, Dan. Uh, my girlfriend and I are just uh, looking to explore uh, the possibility of a threesome. Uh, she gets turned on by uh, me like eating her out and stuff like that, or and she's expressed interest in wanting me to or looking at me at perform oral sex on somebody else, 
but she's a little bit worried about, you know, the type of, like, jealousy issues and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, we're just wondering how maybe we can go forward with this in a good, like, you know, healthy way. There's only one way to find out if jealousy is going to be a big issue, and that's to do it. You really don't know exactly how you'll react. You can anticipate it. You can talk about it. But you don't know how exactly the girlfriend's going to feel watching you go down on another woman until you're actually going down on another woman. You should talk about it at great length. You should fantasize about it together during sex. But you should also talk about it when you're not feeling sexy and just talk about the emotions involved and you know what your signals will be to each other and whether you know you can bail and you you do need to establish that going into your first three way that either of you can pull the eject cord and you both are out of this experience uh, and that can make people feel safer and if it's about jealousy that's often about you know the three way with somebody who represents some kind of threat somebody you might have a relationship with so if jealousy is a big issue for your girlfriend you probably don't want it to be with an ex girlfriend or someone who's potentially a, a, a girlfriend, um, somebody that you could leap to from her. So I would encourage you to perhaps look at swinging clubs in your area. That soft swap thing where it's just oral only is really common in, in swinging circles. Not all swingers are down with full swap, which is uh, penetrative sex as well as oral, uh, vaginally penetrative, anally penetrative as well as oral. Oral does often involve some penetration, obviously. And just take your baby steps. Go to the swing club, hang out, meet people. You don't have to do anything the first time you're there. They're usually very low-pressure environments because swing clubs that are high-pressure environments don't have high retention rates for swing club members because people don't want to be in a place like that, particularly women, don't want to be in a a high-pressure environment. So go hang out and have drinks the first time, meet people, and then see who's there that you might feel comfortable enough playing with perhaps the next time you go. You can reassure your girlfriend uh, about these jealousy issues by – taking tiny baby steps and moving very slowly in this direction. Um, Again, all the way, all the while, reassuring her that if she says stop, it stops. And then in the moment, if she says stop, stop. This podcast is brought to you by Netflix. Netflix delivers movies to your home in about one business day. Plus, you can instantly stream thousands of TV episodes and movies directly to your PC or Mac or right to your TV through Netflix-enabled devices such as the Xbox 360, PS3, or Nintendo Wii, all without late fees or due dates. One of the movies available to watch instantly this week on Netflix is Jesus Camp, the Oscar-nominated 2006 documentary about fundamentalist Christians indoctrinating their children in their Christianist beliefs about dominionism. It's totally creepy, and it will give you a really good idea of who's actually out there recruiting children. And it ain't the gays. For a free trial and to instantly watch this movie or choose from thousands of TV episodes or other movies, go to netflix.com slash savage. Be sure to sign up with that or all. Netflix.com slash savage. Hi, Dan. I just saw you at speaking uh, uh, speaking WMLA. I also had a question, something you must mentioned, um, something called traumatic masturbation syndrome. And that's something that interests me because I've only masturbated in one way my entire, or like ever since I discovered something a pillow. Um, and I have only done that for like as long as I live. And I was wondering if you could elaborate more on that and if there's any like way, if there's any way to like, you could fix that after, if it 
so it occurs. But yes, I was just wondering if there's any way to <laughs> work around that. Yeah, there's a way you can fix that. You just have to stop masturbating the way you've been masturbating all these years. Uh, you have to go cold turkey, and if that means no orgasms for a very long time, that's what your body needs to get desperate enough to start responding to other forms of stimulation. So throw the pillows away or bolt them to the top of the bed where you can't drag them down between your legs and get a vibrator and get a dildo and experiment with other forms of stimulation and just relax and don't experiment with these other forms of stimulation with this goal in mind of like, oh my God, I got to get off this way or I'm going to be forever damaged or addicted to pillow humping. Just experiment with these other forms about experiencing and feeling pleasure. Don't think the goal here is to get off. The goal here is to have that orgasm. The goal here is to Train your body to respond to other kinds of stimulation. Train your body to respond to the pleasure, to experience the pleasure, and then build towards – it will naturally – you don't have to like build towards. It will naturally build then towards orgasm, particularly if your body realizes that this is it now. And there may be some pressure that needs to build up before your body begins to respond to non-pillow humping related pleasures. And then, you know, perhaps you can reincorporate the occasional pillow humping way, way, way down the line, years in the future, after you find yourself capable of orgasming in different and more varied ways. Hi, I have, um, I guess it's a poly question. Um, so I'm a really kind of normal 20-something professional student, and I'm married, and I have a lovely son, and I have a lovely husband. But um, on and off throughout my relationship with my husband before we were married and after we were married, I always kept in touch, I guess you'd say, with an ex, a really sexy, fun, exciting ex um, with whom I had the best sex of my life, which is probably why I kept in touch with him. Um, and sometimes I would think that I married the wrong person, but... Ultimately, um, whenever I thought about it, it was just really awesome sex, and he is really cool, and that probably is why the sex is so good. But anyway, um, recently, my husband, um, sort of, my husband and I sort of talked about the fact that we liked um, our old way of being together, which was to have sort of an open relationship where we didn't share a lot of details. And also, I've been getting a lot, I've been in contact with this old boyfriend a lot, and um, a lot of things are sort of culminating at once. And my question is, um, if I do start to have an open relationship with my husband again, um, is it politically incorrect of me to go fuck this old boyfriend, or is that, will that destabilize everything? Um, now, I should add that although my husband and I don't talk about it, he knows I'm in contact with this guy, and, and he's more or less said that it sort of turns him on to know that I'm being sort of subversive in that way. I don't see what the problem is. You're, you've got this ex-boyfriend. Your husband's sort of turned on by the idea of you being in contact with this ex-boyfriend, yeah. and you're both down with sort of it being a little open. And so why, why did you call me? Okay. Because, <laughs> because I, I, I feel like maybe there's like an unspoken code that if I'm going to be like open with my husband, I shouldn't go for someone who I 
at times thought maybe I was like super in love with. And I, you know, I went through periods where I would go out running and have these like very dramatic, like it's raining and I'm crying because I think maybe I married the wrong person. But then, you know, I came to my senses and well, I think realized, if, no, I married like the perfect person and I have the perfect and if the perfect and if the person you married is going to allow you to see this person that you regret not having in your life a little bit in some capacity, well, then obviously you did marry the right person. Right. Right? Right. And no, there's, no, I, yeah. there's no code around openness and who's in or who's out. It depends on what the folks who you know, are in the open relationship decide is permissible. And if this guy is okay with your husband, then it's okay. I would just, you know, particularly since you have children, yeah. encourage you to really regard your relationship with this ex as not someone you could ever leave your husband for. Yeah, because yeah, that's sort of the hurdle that I have a problem with. There's a reason yeah. you've left him for your husband in the past. Your husband was the yeah. man you wanted to marry. This is the guy you want to fuck the shit out of oh every once God. in a while, yeah. right? Yes, yes. There's some yeah. interesting studies out there that show that women are attracted to one kind of man when they're not ovulating and they're not super <laughs> horny and they want to have like a marriage and a home and a relationship and they still want to fuck him. They're still sexually attracted to him. But they want to, they're attracted to an entirely different type of guy when they're just like fucking mattress chewing horny. Yeah. Well, how do I deal with these and, and, like but, this history? I don't know. Like, and this, what, what's to deal with? You're gonna be you're gonna have a situation where you can have both those guys in your life. Yeah. You can have yeah, maybe I feel like it's too good to be true. The man you wanted to marry, who you married. Yeah. For all sorts of good parent, good 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 yeah. lover, and he's good totally hot companion, too, and he's hot. And you're going to have the like fucking knock boots nut that was really great <laughs> sex, but wasn't the guy you could spend your life with. Is yeah. he less stable than me. your husband? Who is he less stable? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. He just like texted me and told me he's like going through some shit right now, so he'll get back to me when he's ready. But like that could mean anything. You know, that didn't mean someone looked at him sideways at work. And that's how it always was. Because he's not, because um, he's like sexy and erratic and the bad boy. Yeah. And you're going to yeah, be in a situation. Like, that is for like everything. Like you're, everything, everything. You're in a situation where you're going to have the guy who's a, the great husband and the guy who's a great fuck every <laughs> once in a while. And it turns your husband on. <laughs> and that's going to make your husband a better fuck. You're going to come home and fuck the shit out of your husband because yeah. he's going to represent to you freedom and possibility and you're going to you know a lot of people in open relationships when you you know a lot of books written by people in open relationships and one of the things that they talk about that they didn't expect going into it was how it reignited their desire for their primary partner you can have it all so long as you're safe and i wouldn't encourage you to do this particularly if there's children involved if you can't make up your mind that you married the right man this fucking this other guy isn't about possibility, isn't about the life you could have led, isn't about the partnership you could have had with him. It's just, you know what, he's great sex and I, you're going to have a relationship with him. You still have kind of a relationship with him. And there's nothing yeah. about your marriage that's precluding that relationship. Yeah. But I would also say to you, if your contact with you know the bad boy ex who wasn't husband material ignites some desire to be with him instead – Go find yeah. a different bad yeah. boy because they're out there. There's other bad yeah. boys out there who can like spin your crank who may not be as threatening right. to your marriage if that guy winds up being threatening your marriage. And you, how, when's the last time you actually saw this guy in person? Um, um, last spring. Last spring. 
Yeah. But right. I've been sort of like pushing off. He lives where my family lives. I'm always, like, it's always on the table. You know, every couple months I could always jump on it. But it's just mostly been, Skype is so gross, like Skyping and <laughs> texting. Like, all day texting. I'm like a stay-at-home mom. Okay, like, well, you need, you need to dial that back because you don't want to have an emotional affair what you want to yeah, have is a little ongoing contact with your ex who excites you and who excites your husband. That contact right. excites your husband. It's a very important part of this. But don't right. let it become all-consuming. And right now it's perhaps all-consuming because it's not consummated. And once it's consummated, it'll be a little right. less consuming. Right. So, so lay it out there with your husband. Say, I want to do this. We've talked about it. We've hinted about it. You said it makes you horny. On the table, I want to do this. Let's make it happen. And before I let you go, are you cool with him fucking somebody else every once in a while too? Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to set it up for a while. <laughs> well, you guys sound well-matched. I would just encourage you to take it slowly, baby steps. If after you see this guy, it reignites some grand passion about wanting to be with him, don't see him anymore because you need to really protect your marriage, particularly if you're married right. to a guy who's going to give you this sort of latitude. Right. Because so that's, cool. a, that's, a, that's a prize. Right. I know. And I so, know. I think I just, like, I'm, I'm looking for the problem, but maybe there's just isn't Take it slow. And it's good that you're looking for the problems because this is, this is perilous stuff. If you guys fuck this up, you could really fuck up your lives, your marriage, your child, your relationship to his family, his relationship to your family. So it's good that you're thinking about it, that you're hesitant, that you're approaching it yeah. very slow. If you were jumping in without any sort of hemming and hawing, that would be a bad sign. So don't like regard the hemming and hawing as a bad sign. It's a good sign. Okay. But okay. – it doesn't sound like there's much of a problem here. It sounds like you're being good and thoughtful about it, taking it slow, as you should. Okay. But I think, I think all systems are blow here, and you should yeah, go for okay, it. Yeah, okay, great. Thank you. You're welcome. Good luck. Hey, Dan. My question is, I have amygamatophilia. Basically, I have a doll fetish. I love girls that look like dolls, and I love the Lolita look. And So I was wondering... Does this mean there's, like, some sort of inner pedophilic tendencies, or can the love of girls that look like dolls and the Lolita look be extrapolated from pedophilic tendencies, and that's just a fetish of mine, and it doesn't mean that I have this, like, deep-seated route to shag children? Well, it depends. Do you want to fuck girls, or do you want to fuck women who are dressed up in girly outfits because you have this fetish, which is about the tension between the adult woman body and the childish, innocent applique of Girl Scout uniforms or cheerleader uniforms or even, uh, you know, diapers and bonnets. Uh, if what you want is an adult, fully grown woman, tarted up to look like Lolita, you are not a pedophile. You are an age play dude. And there's... Nothing wrong with that. It squicks some people out because anything that sexualizes children is, I think, legitimately so, a little bit of a red flag. People are concerned and you have a special responsibility to lay those fears to rest that I'm not into, you know, when you break this out with a partner, I'm not into actual children or adolescents. What I'm into are fully grown women who are willing to, you know, dress up in these goofy, girly outfits with me for me. And I'm willing to do for her what she likes. And so long as that's the case, you don't have to sit there picking at your subconscious or doubting yourself or wondering if 
You know, if you peel enough layers away, you're going to find your inner pedophile. If you're interested in adult women's bodies, whatever they're wrapped up in at the moment that you're taking a sexual interest in them, you are not a pedophile. And if you're looking for some thoughts about it, I would recommend the Age Play and Diaper Fetish Handbook by Penny Barber, who's an age play blogger, writer, thinker, doer. And uh, the book is, I hear, very, 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 very good. I haven't read it myself yet because, honestly, God, it kind of squeaks me out. But I'm all for you doing it if it floats your boat. Hey, Dan. My name is Kyle. I'm a big fan of the show. just started listening and um, had a quick question for you. I'm a straight male um, from the Northwest. And um, I have this problem where I notice I will date girls or young women that are... I'm 23, by the way, sorry. I'll date girls that are not on par uh, physically as me. Not a great-looking... And I'm not a supermodel, but I'm a pretty good-looking guy. I've had a lot of very, very attractive girls try to get with me. And I have this problem where I put them, all these really hot girls, out of my league, and then I date the kind of, you know, normal-looking cute girl because, A, she's not going to... You know, I know I can trust her. She's not not got that hot chick gene where, you know, she's starved for attention or whatever. But I, I don't know, I enjoy, I enjoy not being intimidated. And um, the, my, the, the big problem I'm having is when I walk around with her in public, I see all these really cute girls, all these very attractive couples. It makes me kind of wonder if I'm missing out. And it makes me feel very shallow when I feel like this. And I, I notice it more and more when I'm drunk and I'm on, you know, the Facebook and I, I see old female friends and I can't help but think, ah, you know, what if I was with her? What if I was with her? And I am very much in love. It's just, is it really worth it to chase that physical attractiveness in a relationship? I mean, their sex life is great, but is it really worth it? I'm just curious about that. Thanks a lot. I'm not sure what to say to you. Uh, if I were your girlfriend and I found out that you thought of me the way you seem to think of your girlfriend or that you were slumming when you were with me, that would really hurt my feelings. And on the other hand, I don't want to tell you to go chase after the pretty chicks or chicks who are in your league or on your level looks-wise because it's nice to think that every once in a while the average girl can land a hottie too. So I, I'm not quite sure what – and I don't want – you know, you have a love match with this girl, you say, and that's nothing to toss away lightly. And in time, everyone's fugly, you too. So, you know, however much more attractive you may be now uh, compared to your girlfriend, one day you guys will be on each other's level because time and gravity destroy us all. On the other hand, you know, part of what I hear you saying is it's just you go after a certain type of girl because you're insecure, because you have this idea that hot chicks who are in such demand will cheat on you. Average people cheat all the fucking time. There's nothing about somebody being average that protects you from infidelity. Most people are average to fugly and they get plenty of sex, most people. Who are average and have suitors. You went after your girlfriend. Presumably she's not so fucking fugly that nobody but you would ever dip his dick in her. So she's going to have options, even options to cheat. And a lot of the pretty girls out there in the world, they say that they don't get approached much because they're intimidating. And you are evidence of the intimidated. And so they don't get hit on a lot. 
So you may actually be doing this all wrong. You're going for the average approachable girl because you feel like she's less likely to cheat. And actually, she's approachable. So she's more likely to be approached and then more likely to have opportunities to cheat. But I'm not going to give you any advice. I'm not going to tell you what to do because I don't know what to tell you. I don't want you to dump your average girlfriend that you're in love with just because there are hotties out there in the world. And maybe you backed into this relationship that turned into a lasting love for stupid and weird reasons because you're afraid of the pretty girls cheating on you. So you went for an average girl who doesn't intimidate you. And even if that's the case, independent of how you got into this relationship, you're in this relationship. If it works and you love her, you may want to grieve the girls you didn't get to fuck and stay with the girl that you're with because you love her, right? Hi, Dan. I just listened to the most recent podcast. Um, One of the callers had called in about um, a girl that he was seeing that was kind of crazy. But I just wanted to kind of give you a, a phrase that a friend of mine gave me that has been really helpful. Crazy will fuck you good, but crazy will fuck you good. Hi, this is Tess. I'm calling about podcast 237. I'm listening to it right now. And I'm so glad you told that cute boy who likes to dress up like a girl that there are lots of girls that would like that. That sounds fantastic to me. I'm sure he's adorable. Um, and, yeah, you nailed it. He just needs to get out of Kansas. And um, come find us and me. Hey, Dan. I love the show. I just want to tell the woman in regards to any scars that she had in the body from the last podcast. I just want to say scars are hella hot, yo. And it shows a lot of history about someone and a very beautiful and vulnerable part. So, yeah, a lot of people, some people don't dig them, but the people who do dig them, worth sticking around with. And we're going to leave it there. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you want to record a question or a comment for us, give us a buzz. The number at the West Bend School District Board of Education building, if you want to record a comment for President of the School Board, Randy, GSA's Recruit Kids into the Homosexual Lifestyle, Marquette, his number, 262-306-2601. Give him a buzz and give us a buzz at our number, 206-201-2720. And me and the Tech Savvy At-Risk Youth, including a very special guest, will be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading. <laughs>